Thanks for listening to another leadership podcast from Pastor Jurgen and the team here at C3 San Diego. To find out more about our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Welcome to another edition of C3 San Diego's Leadership Podcast. I'm here with Pastor Jurgen. Excited to be here, Pastor David. It is going to be a great day. That's right. As you heard, we got all of our staff and interns uh, part of this meeting today as well, which is always great. Let's welcome the staff and interns. Awesome. Uh, well, bef- before we get into the podcast this month, uh, Pastor Jurgen, can you tell everybody about our Empower Conference happening the end of July and why church leaders, pastors, people should register, come to San Diego, be a part of that? Okay, everybody needs to register because everybody leaks. That's right. Jesus is the only guy that did not leak. And even then, uh, when a woman grabbed him, he felt virtue leave him. He says, who touched me for I felt power leave my body. And, uh, <clears throat> and so, you know, Jesus regularly withdrew into the wilderness and regularly went up onto the mountaintop to be transfigured and had re-empowering moments because the demands and the needs and the anemity of people around about us suck the virtue, suck the power and suck the life of God out of our lives. And before we know it, we are just running on empty. And then we, are, we, we have nothing to give a hurting world. We constantly live in a world where we are surrounded by need. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. In other words, you'll always have people who are needing something from you until Jesus comes back. And so the Empower Conference is, I believe it, it is essential to every believer to take a week out of your, their schedule and get filled up again, empowered again, equipped yep. again, hands laid on them again, the anointing fall afresh again. You know, make a fresh consecration to the Lord again. Yeah. Go up another level. I always find for me anyway, I feel like I go up another level. I gain ground and empower. And, uh, but we have to do that. Like we have to recognize that, that we have something to give. Like when, you know, when Peter and James get to the gate, yeah. silver and gold we don't have. But hey, don't think just because we don't got wow. no money, we can't help you. What we do have, we give you in the name of Jesus. He got something that money couldn't buy. He got, you know, his, his healing. Yeah. And um, that's Peter and James, uh, Peter and John, they knew what they had. They had power. And um, we, we've got to know that we've got power. So that's the Empower Conference. That's Come right. Get your power on. Get your power get your on. Power that's right. On. And uh, so go to, you can go to our website, c3sandiego.com. July 23rd, it starts. So bring your team, bring people with you. If you're a pastor leader, bring a car full or a plane full with you. I guarantee you they're going to have a great time in sunny San Diego. July is one of the best months of the year. So it'll be a great time. Register. All right. Well, we're going to get into this today. We are going to talk about, uh, really the title of this podcast is Three Keys to a Successful Sunday. Three Keys to a Successful Sunday. So Pastor Jürgen, you kind of want to just intro what that means before we jump into what those three keys are. Fantastic. You know, I was uh, just, just praying and I felt God's give me uh, just three thoughts on things that I need to give my attention to. I, 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 find, I, I find that God speaks to me like... Uh, and you know, I'm not trying to in any way, uh, you know, toot my own horn or anything. Like like Adam in the garden, I find that God uh, gives me instruction on things that He wants me to attend to. 
And so I, I wrote three things down that these are three things that God wants me to attend to. And, uh, you know, and church is not just about the Sunday services. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like it's church is seven days a week. Like we are the community that when the church service finishes, we're still church. Right. But, you know, the, the, the shop window that you walk past, you know, when you walk past a shop window, oh, man, I love those pants. Oh, my gosh, I love that outfit. You know, that gets you in. That's Sunday services. Sunday services are our shop window. So we've got to have a, you know, the last thing we want to have is a sloppy shop window so that people think, oh, I don't want to go into that store. I don't want to go into that wow. community. So we've got to have a great, great Sunday service. So That, that is so good. And, and I think um, that's something that a lot of people need to hear because we, we will compromise our Sunday services for everything else that we do. But I, I heard this said by a, a church leader in America, said the greatest thing that the church can do for their community is have a powerful Sunday service. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that's so important to do and uh, not to compromise that. So we're going to jump into it. The first thought that you had or the first key to a successful Sunday is atmosphere. Atmosphere. So can you tell us and tell all our listeners what is atmosphere? How can we uh, have a great atmosphere in our Sunday services? You know, um, atmosphere to me is environment. That There are environments that are conducive to God moving. And then there are environments that shut the presence of God down. So, you know, we know in Mark chapter 6, Jesus comes into his hometown. And it's obvious that he's preaching because the Bible says, and the people were offended saying, where does this man get this, this authority that, you know, the sick are healed and such mighty works are wrought at his hands and they were offended at him. Yeah. And then it says, and Jesus could do no mighty works in that place. Save he laid his hands on a few sick people. So because of an atmosphere of unbelief, an atmosphere of faithlessness, an atmosphere of dishonor, Jesus' power was greatly limited. In Ezekiel chapter 8, God is showing Ezekiel just how jacked up the nation of Israel is. And, uh, you know, and he picks him up and he takes him. And in verse 6, he says, Furthermore, he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing, the great abominations uh, that the house of Israel commits here to make me go far away from my sanctuary? Now turn again, you will see greater abominations. He brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. And he said to me, Son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door and he said to me, go in and see the wicked abominations they're doing in there. So I went in and saw every sort of creeping thing, abominable beasts, all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed all around on the walls. And there stood before them the 70 men the, of the elders of the house of Israel. In their midst stood Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan. And each man had a censer in his hand, a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said to me, son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? every man in the room of his idols. For they say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. And it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. And so because of, because of the way that they lived, they had created an environment and an atmosphere that had caused God to move away. Even, you know, you look wow. at Gideon. Gideon says, where are all these miracles which our fathers told us about? But if you read the beginning of, Je of Judges chapter 6, where it talks about Gideon, it says, and the children of Israel again kind of played the harlot. They again turned to idolatry. They again forsook the Lord. So they left God. They were in idolatry. They were 
dishonoring and disobeying God. And so therefore God was moved from them and then the power of the enemy. So so atmosphere is everything. God moves in yeah. certain atmosphere and environments. And and our job on a Sunday is is to create absolutely an environment where when people come in, they feel comfortable. But I've got to tell you, my highest priority is to create an atmosphere where God feels comfortable, wow. where God feels welcome. Because if God turns up, yes. people are going to be healed, people are going to be delivered, people are going to be set free. So <clears throat> we have to understand that that you know the Lord is holy and that there are certain environments that, that repel God and there are certain environments that just attract God. And so... You know, environment is everything. Well, that, that is so good. And, and, you know, we have down here kind of a few uh, atmospheres to build as far as with your team, with your leaders. And one of those is anticipation, how we want to create an atmosphere of anticipation. So what does that look like and how do we create that? Okay, well, you know, just, just to give the audience listening out there and even our team uh, just, uh, you know, some praise for you, Pastor David. If there's anybody that I've watched on my leadership team over the years that has really mastered that, it's you. When, whenever I see you get up, you're speaking faith into the meeting. You're creating a, a, an atmosphere of anticipation where God can move. Man, I feel the presence of God. And I think as a leader, you know, uh, you, you've got to be able to feel the presence of God. You, you know, you can't just say it. Although there have been, you know, times yeah. where, I, you know, I feel God say, just prophesy that I'm here because, yeah. you know, whatever, the, yeah. the, the musicians, singers, whatever, you yeah. know, the, something went array, you know, amp blue or something and they're struggling. And, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, to create that environment, to create, to have that environment where God is here, making people aware that God is here and because God is here, all things are possible. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, when daddy's home. When daddy's home, you know, like, you know, when I go away, wow. Leanne, you know, so the kids act up or whatever, or there's insecurity and instability. But when daddy comes home, there's peace again in the home, there's strength in the home. People should feel that on a Sunday. Hey, you, you, they may have carried you in on a mat. You may have severed your neck in a rock climbing incident gone wrong. And, uh, but daddy's here. Wow. Daddy God is here. The, the God of all things are possible. Yeah is in the building, get ready to pick up your mat and walk, get ready to get up out your wheelchair, get ready to start seeing, get ready to hear, get miracles are in the house. So so I think that it's, you know, the, the worship, the songs, you can't create that atmosphere with the um, song selection is so important, you know, uh, and Pastor Andy's a genius at this, where uh, we we used to kind of have to weed out because there's a lot of songs that are very, very deep, you know, the woe is me, I am just a worm, you know, no greater right. than dust, <laughs> completely right. unworthy of your presence, Lord, for yea, verily, I am scum, S-C-U-M, scum. And, and, and while, it, while it appears like it's, it's humble, that this, you know, like all you're doing is people are singing why they don't deserve anything, like for God to tolerate them is, you know, and, uh, you know, and obviously we can't, you know, we can't exalt ourselves, but, but the whole message of the gospel is that, yes, we were that, but the Bible says, but we have been brought close 
by the blood of Jesus. Right. Like the blood of Jesus was our propitiation to bring us near, to bring us close, to wow. bring us through the veil into the Holy of Holies, into the very presence where the Shekinah glory of God dwells. And in that presence, anything can happen. Wow. And so, you know, so I think it begins with the, the praise is up, the worship is intense, but it's rehearsing the promises. It's people singing wow. that God is for them. You know, our God is greater, our God is bigger. It's singing those things so that there's an anticipation. And then I think, you know, again, when we get up on stage, words words create flow. The words bring direction. You know, that's that's really the, the, the purpose of words. But which direction are we sending the atmosphere? In which direction are we sending people? And we always want to send people in the direction that, hey, with God, all things are possible. Hey, I don't know how, how you came to church today, but let me just tell you, God is here. And that's all you need to know. God, if you just reach out to him, if you just, you know, even Jesus, when he told the disciples, he says, listen, I want you to go out and preach and say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heal the sick, raise the dead. Kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning, right. hey, if you, if you'll just reach out, you can lay hold of it. Yes. It, it's, you know, God's not going to come to the lazy and the apathetic. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You've got to reach out. And so that's why we get people, come on, just lift your hands. Because wow. it's in that moment where they reach their hands up, where they surrender, that God is able to come. So you know, good. So, yeah. That's so great. Uh, the, the next one, and I think our church is known for this one. We hear people come all the time or when in reference to our church say, oh, well, you're the party church or you're the hype church. And really what it is, is is the excitement, is an atmosphere of excitement. And people think it's a bad thing when they tell us that, but it's not really a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing because we have uh, too many churches out there that are putting people to sleep and we want to make them alive. So uh, how do we create a atmosphere of excitement in our church services? You know, there's a number of things. And, and just like you said, you know, um, I, I've, I've had that for years, you know. Uh, hey, you know, I want you to know it's not hype. You know, this is God. It's not hype. And then years ago, I was praying in, in my hotel room in New Zealand. I was speaking at a conference in New Zealand. And as clear as I've ever heard God speak to me, he's like, what's wrong with hype? Yeah. Like, oh, what? What do you mean? What's wrong? Oh, we just want the real thing. And God's like, you know, hype is all about, you know, atmosphere. It's like, bring your praise with you. Wow. You know, don't, don't, don't kind of sit there with your arms folded and say, I just want it to be real. No, no, bring, like, you know, like, cra- like if you go to any concert, they use all kinds of things to, to generate a level of excitement so people have a good time. And God's like, man, you know, church doesn't have to be boring to be authentic. You wow. know, like ha- have exciting church. Like we have people walk in and go, dude, you guys are all on happy gas. And so, you know, right. so the, you know, the Bible says Psalm 100 verse 2, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. So we should be glad. We should bring a joy into the house of God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And that needs to flow from us. And I was teaching a few weeks ago that, you know, the Bible says in Mark chapter 2, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, your sins are forgiven. So that man is healed because of the faith that they carried. And, you know, they broke through a ceiling. So their faith broke through a ceiling. Wow. So the faith and the praise that you bring creates an atmosphere. If you're praising God and, and the person next to you is melancholic and forlorn and beat down and overcome by life, but you're just, you know, just so praising God, they can't help but get swept up in that atmosphere. 
either wow. you know either we let the the you know the negative and the you know the melancholies pull us down or we create and so that's why we have you know uh, we learned this from John Cameron at Arise Church in Wellington Rotovators yeah. that you know to to be a leader is not just someone who's got a title or a fancy office or a business card or whatever to be a leader in our church is in church you're leading you're leading the charge you're yeah. amening you're cheering you you're bringing an atmosphere that the person behind the person beside the person around you gets swept up in yeah, that wow. you know that creates an environment where they can get healed so absolutely i believe that church should be exciting i believe god is exciting like yep. you can't tell the crowds follow jesus because it was ex- he didn't know what the guy was he's spitting on the ground making mud and man what's he doing now he just slapped it on the guy's eyes he just told him to walk right across the city and wash his yeah. face in the pool of Siloam. There's closer pool. This is crazy. And they're following. The guy can see. You know, and everyone's going nuts. And so wherever Jesus went was exciting. Yep. And yet, you know, church has been has been guilty. I mean, we should have almost been arrested by the excitement police yeah. for making for so making true. God look boring. Yeah. The last thing we want to do to this generation is say, hey, guys, God is real, but he's boring. You know, like they want to know that God is, and God is exciting. I mean, oh my gosh, like even my journey, like how I, how we ended up in San Diego, the greatest city on the planet. Yeah, come you know, on. Uh, you know, it's from an old German word, San Diego. Anyway, and, uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, that was naughty. Anyway, and, uh, <laughs> but you know, how we got here, I mean, golly gee, I mean, just, just, the unpredictability of God, the exciting right. of God, like serving Jesus is exciting. You know, he's always working on something. There's always something that he's doing. And we want to communicate the excitement and the life of God. Yeah, that's so good. And uh, to, to kind of stay on that, but go to a real practical uh, side of it, we've actually changed uh, names of different things that we do in our church to create an atmosphere that brings life and injects life and injects hope. So even little things like we had a uh, prayer request book, but we changed the name of that and I'll let you touch on that. Or uh, we had a new friend's lunch and we changed the name of that to really help create atmosphere. So what, what can we do even with those little things, with the names of the events that we do or the name of the services or ev- or anything like that, the little practical things that we yeah. can do as leaders and team members to create that atmosphere that it's always yeah. life-given, it's always hope-filled. Yeah, yeah I think that's great that you've highlighted that because instead of just calling it prayer requests, because most churches these days will have prayer requests, but, but I really felt God say, don't call them prayer requests, call it the book of miracles. Wow. So, that, you know, they come in as prayer requests, but they come wow. out as a book of miracles. Because God th- calls those things that are not as though they are. Yeah. And so, you know, I really felt, and then like you said, you know, rather than just having a, you know, a new, a new members or whatever we call it, a welcome to church party. Yep. You know, that, we, that your life is worth celebrating. Yep. And I think, you know, again, just, just finding things that really celebrate. You know, when you look at the, the children of Israel, they had seven major feasts a year for a week. You know, America has wow. two weeks of, you know, paid vacation a year. Yeah. The Israelites had seven. You know, it's just like, hello, there's something we can learn here. We need to learn that. All my staff are going, hey, man, pastor, come on. And uh, so, you know, but, but how awesome is that? Like, God is a celebration. God is like, I want you to take a whole week off and just celebrate. Wow. And, and so, you know, so church should be full of, you know, celebratory moments. 
And, uh, you know, one thing that I love about our church is that, you know, whether it's Hero, you know, the rock musical, um, whether it's Twisted, whether it's Easter, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Empower, whether it's our Emerge Men, our Cherish Women, uh, whether it's Stadium Nights, whether it's, you know, um, our society outreaches, like everything we do, we do really well. Yeah. One thing that I'm always conscious of is, hey, you know, we've got to, we've got to on the other side of a victory, make sure that you celebrate the victory. Wow. I honestly think that... Uh, you know, pastors that complain about high turnover is because they 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 just they just they just treat their their uh, team like working bees. Wow. And uh, you know, I think as much effort as you spend in creating an event and pulling off an event, you need to have on the other side. You know, the champagne so cork good. comes out, and wow. there's a celebration, and there's a toast, and then there's a level of honoring. Hey, let's honor these people who, you know, who did that and made that work and writing a little card, putting a little bonus in there. You know, everybody yeah. loves a bonus. Everybody does. You know, I remember when we lived in New don't. Zealand, when we lived in New Zealand, uh, we, I mean, we were dirt poor. Golly gee, we were dirt poor. And it was so funny that one of the kids who got saved, well, he, he received Jesus. Let's just say that. He, received, he wasn't going to church consistently. Maybe once every three months he'd turn up. He'd call himself saved. He'd tell me he was effing blank and blank saved. And, uh, but he just hardly ever came to church. Well, he worked in the grocery store. And uh, anyway, Leanne's younger sister, Alana, who's quite cute, came over to visit one time and he saw her. And uh, we were going through the meat section. Well, he gave us, I mean, he gave us, you know, ham and cheese and salami and all this stuff. I mean, it was about 50 or $60 worth of stuff. And I'm like, dude, you know, like, we can't afford this. And he goes, oh, you know, I've marked it down for free. He goes, everybody needs a little five-finger discount. Everybody needs a little discount in their lives. And, uh, and so, yeah, I probably shouldn't be saying this on public. Anyway, but anyway, so, so it was a blessing. It was a blessing to us. And uh, everybody, needs a, everybody needs some uh, bonus. bonus in their lives. That's where I was going, bonus. Everybody needs a bonus in their lives. And so we, f we feasted. He didn't get Alana. He didn't get a... Uh, Timmy Bartlett got it, but uh, it's all <laughs> That's good. so great. Well, the last thing before we move on to the, the last two keys for a successful Sunday is, is this, is uh, what are some things that we can do as far as the physical appearance of the auditorium or the appearance of the lobby or uh, the foyer or the outside of the building that can really help create atmosphere? Because we have LED screens and people say, well, isn't that too much? And and, you know, obviously we don't believe that, that it is. We believe that it's necessary, especially our media guys. But, uh, but what, what can we do to make sure that when somebody pulls haze. into the parking lot, that's right, you got to have haze. When somebody pulls into the parking lot and sees the building, walks into the lobby, walks into the auditorium, that what they see with their eyes is already creating an atmosphere yeah. and a level of expectancy for them. Yeah. Well, I love it. I mean, Paul Churchwood pulls up in his car. And when the door opens, all the haze just pours out. Like he has haze as he drives it. I mean, he can't see. He can't see when he's on the freeway. It's not necessary. But he's got, he's got the haze. He, he brings his own can of haze with him. Like every meeting I've been, he's got a can. I'm like, what's that can? He goes, I'm about to open a can of haze, Pastor. And then, you know, the whole atmosphere. The Bible called it Shekinah. He calls it haze. But uh, I reckon you've got to get rid of your... Uh, I reckon you've got to, you know... Um, 
there's so much clutter in church. I remember walking into a church, um, and I and I just knew it was going to be a very di- very difficult um, preach because when I when I walked into their foyer, the carpet was all kind of you know, uh, what do you call it when there's a had runs and snags all through the carpet, and but it just it just there was just dank smell. I said, oh man, you know, what's that smell? Oh yeah, you know, we had a flood here a couple of months ago. I'm like, oh, have you tried deodorizing it? Yeah, yeah, but nothing will fix it. We have to rip up all the, there's all, the wood underneath is all rotten. Oh, why don't you replace it? Because anybody that walks in is like, whoo, you know, like it just stinks. And then they had, um, they had photocopied um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Wyeth, water baptism, Nethethery. You just kind of photocopied on paper in, you know, to take in the wow. foyer. That was their way of instructing people what to do next was we just hey we've got a whole bunch of really cheap crappy photocopied there was nothing excellent you know um they had a banner over over a fire exit from a conference that was you know eight years before but they really liked the banner so they kept it (laughs) i'm like you guys could be shut down and you know and there was just you know and so even our foyer I, i remember i said to alicia who was our project manager at that time uh i said alicia when i want a big foyer so there's an atmosphere and environment after, when yeah. the service is finished where church is still going on. But I don't want it to look like a church foyer. And I took it to the Hilton Hotel that they just built up in Carlsbad. Yeah. And I said, this foyer is what I want there. Yeah. I want you to replicate this. And so, so our foyer has this kind of awesome, almost like a hotel lobby feel. Yeah, but that's what I want. I wanted the same chairs, the same floor, the same environment. I wanted a cafe in there so that people can. And I think, you know, and likewise with our kids' church, you know, we're transforming it from a hospital look to a, actually a kids' church look. And, uh, but I, I just hate those things. I hate white walls. I'm on a rampage against white walls at the moment. I want color. I want artwork. I want life on there. I want people to walk in and see that the house of God is awesome, yep. that it's excellent, that, you know, that there's, you know, no matter where they put their eyes, they're inspired. It's, you know, that's why, you know, art is one of the most beautiful gifts that God gave us, you know, because God created a very artistic world. It was very beautiful. Now, you know, we have nature freaks who worship nature and God's just like, man, I destroyed the earth four, four and a half thousand years ago. Yeah. I haven't even tended to it. It's just kind of an overgrown ruin and people are worshiping it. Yeah. Oh, the hanging gardens of Babylon and they're worshiping it. And God's like, man, I haven't even, t- the Garden of Eden, you know, if you were going to worship nature rather than me, man, you want to stick for, you, you're doing it over that. You know, and so, so God gave us art because, you know, colors and vibrance and smells. And I, and I believe that, you know, God is, a, is at least a five senses God. That sight, sound, touch, smell, whatever the other one is, taste, you know. I think that, you know, taste and see the Lord is good. That, that you know, that, that all, of those, all of those things are important. We just think, oh, it's just the spirit is important when people walk in. No, I believe wow. what they see, what wow. they hear, what they taste, yes. what they smell, what they experience, like all five senses. If you can get all five senses touched by God and inspired by God, by the time they come in, their spirit is so open. They're going to be so hungry to receive the word of God. So good. Wow. That is incredible. That That is a key right there, atmosphere. So uh, let's move on to the second one. And the second key to a successful Sunday is reason. So could you just elaborate on what reason is? And, yeah. Uh, how well, we when, when God said to me, I want you to work on atmosphere and then reason, I'm like, oh, you want me to be more, you know, apologetics in my preaching, like reason, 
reason with yeah. the people. And God's like, no, no, no. He says, I just want you to give people a reason to be in church, not miss it. Wow. You know, because people always find a reason. Oh, yeah, you know, it was a long weekend. Oh, hey, it was a really beautiful day. It was really hot. It was really cold. It was raining. It was snowing. You know, there's always a reason that they can't get to church. Yep. But wouldn't it be awesome if we had, if we had such awesome services that people whose habits, you know, their friends' habits are at the beach on Sunday. Hey, Bob, we, we missed you and your family at the beach. Oh, yeah, we went to C3 Church. You went to church? It was a beautiful beach day. Oh, no way. We were in church, wow. you know. Like, I, I'd, I want to flip it around where we give people every reason yep. possible to come to the house of God. Like, dude, you don't want to miss it. Like, there's nothing happening at the beach. Yep. That is going to keep me out of the house of God. Yeah. Like the, the worship, man, I touch God. It is the best thing for me. The teaching, the, the preaching, the revelation, the instruction, my kids, you know, the atmosphere, the environment. You know, we got healed. We got babies coming. We got blessing on our business, blessing on our marriage. Man, I've never walked with God so intimately, so closely. And so, I, you know, I, I just think that we've got to create a church where we give people a reason to opt out of opting out yeah give people a reason to be in the house of god each week you know and so that that requires a lot of effort and that you know and again i just want to commend the awesome audience that we have in front of us this fantastic team because they work so darn hard week in week out to make sure that church never gets mediocre that it never just you know is going through the motions i think one of the saddest things is when we when we're so busy that we've lost that passion because it's amazing, passion leaves, but performance can hang in there for three to six months. Yeah. So I can keep going through the motion, but I really lost my enthusiasm. And before you know it, you get to the end of that six months and the leaders are burnt out, but it's just, it's all just, it's all just veneer. Yeah. It's all just surface. And I think, you know, keeping that, keeping that passion alive, that's why, uh, you know, uh, we, we try to, and I, I might be, getting myself in trouble here jesse but we try to give all of our staff an extra like a, a week more than california law says that they should have or whatever for vacation i'm pretty sure if they say two weeks we give them three if they say three we give them four because i i know that well rest and likewise on the back end of a big week that's right you know take a couple of days off because i know that people who are refreshed or inspired and are able to put energy in and, and you know what I love about our media our music our sound our lighting team is they are just relentless in always wanting to improve you know hey we've got this LED I remember when you know Paul pulled such a sneaky I mean he's sitting over there trying to look all innocent with his little haze around him but but you know we spent all this money Jesse will tell you we spent like 50 grand on these you know this LED screen but it wasn't ready yet, apparently, so we had to hire one. But the, the one that we hired had much lower DPI. Do you remember that? Yep. And it was just like it was so clear. And then the following week, our one that we spent 50 grand on was there. I'm like, what the hell happened to the – how come – oh, yeah, Pastor. Yeah, no, that one – that one's worth it. And so, but I was already spoiled. It was like, you know, it's like when you, when yep. you fly business class, it's hard to fly economy That's after that. It was like Pablo got me, to, hey, sit back in business. What do you think of that? It fully reclines into a bed. Anyway, get back to economy. I'm like, no, I want to stay here. <laughs> and so, uh, so I love our guys because they, they're always upgrading. They're always, and I think, I think that you know energy is flowing in the right direction when we're always wanting to upgrade, always wanting to improve. When energy is just flowing towards maintenance, 
it's just a really sad day. So great. Uh, I think with with reason, uh, we have, especially in America, we have so many different holidays and vacations and things that happen over the weekend, Memorial Days and uh, Labor Days and Fourth of Julys and all those things that can take place of services. Yeah. But I know one thing that you've always said is that we'll never sacrifice uh, Sunday service. So can you elaborate on what that means? Yeah, and I, I really learned that one from Pastor Brian. Pastor Brian Houston said that Wherever there was a low dip in their their calendar, they would seek to try and turn that around. And that's what Jesus did. The Bible says he led captivity captive when he ascended. You know, so you know, the devil had us captive. Jesus turned around. Now the devil's captive and we are free. And so so we want to be in the same spirit as Christ. And so, you know, what whatever has been a low weekend, whether it's the fourth of July weekend or you know, Memorial Day or whatever day. Uh, I know for us, what almost killed us in the first year was Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, I think the week before we had like, you know, we had a record number. I think it was like 178 people. We'd only been going three months. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, Jurgs, you're all that and a bag of chips. And then Thanksgiving Sunday came, we didn't even have 30 people. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, I suck. I'm the worst pastor in the world. Man, my messages are crap. You know, no wonder people aren't coming. You know, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to go and get a job at Vons, collecting shopping carts. I mean, I was depressed. I was depressed. You know, I went from preacher blues, you know, and I was just, and, uh, and I just felt God say, you got to, you know, you got to, you know, build this thing. So the following year, I said to, uh, to Alicia, I said, Alicia, I said, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to get John and Lisa Bevere. We've got to fill this hole. And she's like, man, I looked at the offering last year. We didn't even make two grand in the offering. And when I'm looking, the whole thing is going to cost us 10 grand to put this event. I'm like, exactly. She's like, yeah. we can't, that's eight grand in the hole. I'm like, we, we've got to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and funny enough, we had, you know, two services that Sunday. Both of them were jam-packed. Yeah. You know, you know, everything was good because we flipped it around. I think you've got to do that. You can't just... I refuse to let the devil have a Sunday. Yeah, I refuse right. to let the devil have a Sunday. Yeah. Like, and there's something you can do to make that low a high. To yeah. you know, and that's what the Bible says. You know, turn valleys into mountains, and yeah. we can do that. So good, so good. Well, the last key we're going to get into before we um, finish this edition of the podcast is energy. To have a successful Sunday, we need to have energy. So, what does that look like, and how can we? Make sure that we have that. Well, this this was another weird one. So, you know, and again, you might be thinking, you know, he eats way too much pizza. Um, so, you know, God talked to me about atmospheres. And then, you know, he starts talking to me about reason. And then he says an energy flow. And I'm like, what do you mean energy flow? What I've, what I've realized it, probably in the last 10 years is time management is really good. Energy management is even better. Wow. specifically your emotional energy managing your emotional energy there are things that will knock your emotional energy and there, there are things that will feed your emotional energy so you've always got to look at managing your emotional energy energy is always flowing whether you realize or not right now you you either have energy flowing towards things that, that are productive or you find that you have energy that are flowing into things that are just dead ends and the way that I discovered that was you know I got my power bill and I'm like, what the jack? 
Like my power bill was like almost a thousand dollars, and then I find out that the kids had turned the the uh, the gas heating oh, no. on in the pool, no. and the pool was the same temperature as the spa, 102 degrees, <laughs> and they'd left it like that for a week, in the middle of winter, and so you know, because I, I walk out, and I'm like, why the heck is there steam coming off our pool? And there's steam coming off, and I mean, if you fell in, you get burnt. You know, it was just like the hell's going on here you know and then I realized the kids and so what had happened was you know energy was energy was just leaking in that thing and uh, so it really kind of it says you know every single one of us uh, you know our time and our our labor is really about energy you know this Thursday night you know, Matt and Loran and the Awesome Society team are putting on an event in one of our local colleges. And so all their energy is going towards that, that event. Yeah. Friday night, we saw, you know, Stadium Night, My City, 683 teenagers yeah. in a building. But it's because the energy that Coach, that yeah. Issa, that, you know, Paige and, you know, their phenomenal team yeah. have put in in all the schools to to create momentum invites created, you know, the energy flow was towards a success. And yeah. so I think we've got to look at, hey, where's my energy flowing? And, and I love, you know, Jesus noticed when that lady grabbed him and he felt power or virtue leave him. And I love what Jesus said. He says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. And there's, there's, you can say, well, it's the same end result. And it is the same end result, but it's very, very different. Jesus says, no one takes my life from me. In other words, I'm not going to give myself to people who are just sucking the life from me. Wow. I'm always going to be the person who I'm going to choose whether I lay my life down. Yeah. And I used to think as a, as a pastor, as a leader, well, you know, I just need to be there for all the people. And then what I found was I got caught. And Pastor Stacy will tell you this, that at the end of the service, you find that you can miss getting to the people that God wants you to speak to or God wants you to minister to or God wants you to touch because people who are never going to change, but they come and they just want to grab and they just suck that energy. They suck that life. They suck that. Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. No one yeah. takes my time from me. Wow. me no one takes my energy from me I choose to lay it down and I choose to lay it down for this one wow. I choose and Jesus is because I choose to lay it down I have authority to take it up again now so I think every single one of us have to make sure that we give ourselves to putting our energy into to stump something that is going to be excellent you know John 15 says uh, that we've been chosen by the father to go forth and bear fruit good fruit lasting fruit, fruit that remains, you know, abundant fruit. And so, you know, you, you'll see there's, a, there's different kinds of fruit and all of us are bearing fruit. Yeah. All of us are bearing fruit, but I want to bear the kind of fruit that where there's an abundance of fruit and it's fruit that remains. It's healthy, it's ripe, it, and it reproduces. So that means that I actually have to take stock of my energy. I can't let my energy be taken down to naysayers or people that just want to whine and complain, people who just never listen. Likewise, I remember I used to meet with, um, with a particular person and, uh, you know, and this person would, would leave the youth group and I wouldn't see her for a couple of weeks and I'd call her up, Julie, you know, she goes, well, I left. How come you left? Well, because we haven't caught up. 
And so, oh, you know, and I, I didn't even, I was held ransom. So, I'd, you know, go out for a lunch, you know, the most boring, flipping conversation, like seriously, like rubbing broken glass in your eyes. And, uh, you know, while you're getting root canal, you know, it was just like, I'm like, oh my, and I felt like I had to do that. And then she'd be there for the next month. And then if I didn't look at her, if I didn't talk to her, she was leaving again. And, and, uh, and her life was a mess. And so I'd give her, you know, give her counsel. And I remember about 18 months later, she hasn't changed. And I'm like, God, what the hell is wrong with this girl? And God's like, well, of course she's not going to change. I'm like, well, why not? He's like, well, you keep enabling her. I'm no, God, have you seen the advice? It's straight out of your word. And God's like, yeah, she's not going to take the advice. I'm like, wow. she's not? He's like, no, because if she takes the advice, she'll be fixed. If she's fixed, she doesn't get your time. Wow. She, she's going to hang on to her wow. problems because her problems guarantee she can leap the queue. He says, Jurgs, and you... You have actually set the thermostat. You've set the climate control of your life, saying to your leaders, wow. hey, leaders, I'll give you what's left over. I've got to give my time to the problematic people who never change, who are unproductive, unfruitful. The Bible says they're the things that Jesus cuts off and takes away. And so, you know, Jesus did not give himself to everybody, but gave himself to the 12, gave himself. So wow. every single one of us have to give ourselves, not to those who suck the life from us, but but people who, when we put our energy in, they're the people who produce. They're the people who are producing yeah. great fruit. They're the people who are producing in abundance and producing fruit that remains. And it's, it's one of the toughest things in leadership because it looks like you don't care, but it's actually the opposite. It's because I care. I'm going to give myself to leaders, fruitful and productive people. You can be in this. You just got to stop playing around. How long will you falter between two? If the Lord is God, serve him. If Baal, serve him. But for crying out loud, make a decision. But right now, my time, my energy, my focus is on leaders who are fruitful and productive. I've got to put my time there. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have pastoral care. We, we heal the brokenhearted. We, we mend and fix what's lame. We get people into counseling. But at the end of the day, as leaders, we have to give our time and energy because it is always leaving us. It is always leaving us. We have to give an account yeah. to God what we did with our time and energy. And, uh, and so that's why every single one of us need to give our time and energy to that which is being most fruitful, most productive. Well yeah. done, good and faithful. I put you over five. You produce, take rule of 10 cities. And so that's so, energy. So good. I know one thing that we've, we've done is for every event, because we have men's conferences, women's conferences, youth conferences, church conferences, every, everything that we do in every conference and every event we put on, we put it on with the mission that that event or that conference is to build Sunday services. And yeah. so we have that focus. And so we'll end our conferences and everything on a service for the weekend, because we don't want to put on an event that doesn't build our Sunday services. We're deciding Discipleship happens and, yes. and all of that. So that's a, a practical thing that we've done. Yeah. And um, just uh, in the last minute that we have, um, you've said this phrase to our leadership team and have said it, said it for years, what you tolerate, you teach. So what does that mean in, uh, in as far as energy flow and, and how to create that? Yeah, you know, um, what you tolerate is what you teach. I, I was having a, a problem with, um, with a, actually a cultural issue with one of my one of my staff guys when I was a youth pastor and he was I mean he was just almost toxic and uh, you know and I'm just like God what do I do what do I do what do I do and I'm driving along and I put my cassette player and I put my cassette and Hello. it kept spitting the cassette out and I jammed it in there and then blah, 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 like that and then you know 
that had pulled out all the tape. I'm like, oh. And so then I'm trying to find the, you know, the radio station. And all that came up was this talk show. It's the only station I could pick up. And so I'm yelling at God. I'm like, God, if life isn't bad and I've got this toxic leader poisoning people now, there's a split, there's a rift in our youth ministries like Lucifer. And, uh, you know, and my, uh, you know, I'm trying to put worship on. That's not working. And the no music. I've got this freaking talk show. And, you know, and then I just felt God just say, you know, be still and know that I'm God, Psalm 4610. I'm like, okay. So no sooner had he said that, and they were talking about bike helmets. And, you know, I'm thinking, you could not pick, how could God speak to me through a bike helmet talk show topic conversation? But I'll never forget the guy says, I think that everybody should be mandatory to wear bike helmets when they're riding a bike. And then he said this, he says, because what you tolerate, you teach. And it just, it was like those words leapt out of the radio into my spirit. And I saw that because I did not have the courage to confront this leader, I just, you know, turned a blind eye. Because I was tolerating it, I was reinforcing a culture in our youth ministry that was causing division, that was causing fraction, that was causing splits. And I recognized that what I was tolerating, I was teaching. And so, you know, so... I think as a leader, you've always got to take, you've always got to take the pulse. You've always got to take the blood pressure. You've always got to look at the environment of what you're leading, and just ask yourself, what am I tolerating? You know, like what is there things that are just mediocre, that are just average, that I'm tolerating? Because whatever you tolerate, you teach, you reinforce, yeah. and there are some things that you just can't tolerate. Wow. Incredible. Well, that's some gold right there. So before we go, Pastor Jürgen, is there anything else you'd like to add to our audience, to our staff, to our team? Uh, you know what? I just uh, I had something and I've forgotten. But anyway, I just Next love time. you all. You guys are amazing. But uh, come to Empower. Come to it Empower. It is going to be incredible. And, uh, you know, I just love our, our team. Most hardworking, most magnificent. And for me, the thrill, like, um, you know, I was with a pastor recently and he's like, you know, so do you, do you, you know, live streamcast your messages to all your locations? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, what do you mean, no? So, well, you know, I've got people that, that we're raising up that preach in all those places. He's like, but you're one of the best preachers I know. Why wouldn't you? And for me, the development of our, yeah. of our people, I just love it. I love, like yeah. Friday night, seeing that place jam-packed. Like, that was my dream. That's, that's what we left in Sydney came here and it's like, you know, I I'm, I'm feel like I'm reaping yeah. the dream here of what, you know, I, I sowed over there yeah. to see the same thing, you know, about to happen in our colleges and yep. to see our services packed and to see the great preachers and the great leaders and the next wave. You know, we had um, on the weekend or previous weekend, we had, yeah. you know, two three by tens. Yeah. And uh, just to see that next wave of people coming through, like what we want to keep raising up. Yep. just armies seeing you know Bryce and Haley Betlam leading worship could not yep. be more proud of them yep. and uh, still don't know how Bryce got Haley but anyway it's uh, it was God but uh, well same with you Connor I don't know why you're smiling how on earth did you get Jamie if you didn't spike her a drink it'd be a whole nother anyway I just I just love our team I just I, for me as a as a shepherd as a pastor there's nothing that I love more than seeing people, they don't just join a church, join a team, and they're just a they're just a, a, a an unnamed, unknown laborer. I, I actually I actually love learning the names and then seeing the progress. 
like for me the journey they they came in here and now they're here and they're going here and you can't do that if you if you're not willing to love them enough to yeah. challenge them and wow. you know and sometimes you got to challenge people where if if they're not willing to receive correction they they could leave yeah but you know I, like and I can't control what people do but I can control what I what I know yeah. I'm obligated to do wow. and that is to say hey listen you're awesome but here's an area that we really need you to work on wow and I think if you do that, you'll just see great growth. And people people follow you firstly because they love you, but I think long-term because they respect you. Wow. And I think respect is something that, that is Incredible. earned. And it's only earned by getting down in the trenches and having those moments with wow. you know with people. So. Wow. That is incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this month's edition of C3 San Diego's Leadership Podcast. We'll see you here next month, and we'll see you at Empower Conference. We love you. See you next time. See you next time. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Church San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 